here we go. Good evening, Peter. Whoa. You have 576 possible web shooter combinations. That is awesome. I can keep that suit? Yeah, doesn't fit me. So when's our next retreat? What, next mission? We'll call you, all right? That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. I'm not there yet. All right, good. Good luck out there. Now, normally, this is where one of us would do the theme from Spider-Man, but... Jad, I'm... Jad. <laughs> <laughs> you lost the thread of what you're going to do, but we're not going to do that, because every other podcast will probably do that. Uh, welcome to The Wages of Cinema. I'm Jack, and Andrew? I'm Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And we have with us guests once again for this mega blockbuster comic book Hollywood thing that we're going to be talking about. First up, the twentieth one this year. <laughs> twenty we'll have twenty more to go. Um, yeah, we've done quite a number of these this year. I feel like we've done more this year than past years. But Matt, uh, say hi. Hi, I'm Death Star Matt. Oh, you're back to Death Star. I don't know. I could be Guest Star Matt. We'll come up with a nickname for you by the end of the end of the broadcast. Well, we'll come up with something Marvelly, or you can come up with something Marvelly. Oh, and also, doke. my lovely wife is here as well. Hello. Yes, you almost were. La la la. <laughs> That's an in joke to something we were talking about before. Hey we guys, recording. we just watched Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes, we I did. I have thoughts about it. Do you? And I want to hear your thoughts as well. I was very entertained by this movie. This That's was... my first thought. Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I. That's. Good night, everybody. Even though this is a Spider-Man movie. Best cinematic use of Captain America ever. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. This uh, movie is so fun. It is yeah. just... Like, if fun was a tangible, physical thing, it's like getting an injection of fun right into your veins. What do you think, Matt? It was less terrible than I expected. <laughs> yeah, well, that oh, was... Come on. It, it, I have to have balance. You guys are all too positive. I have to lower the tone. No, I mean, is it like the best movie ever I've seen in this year or ever? No. no. I, I'm not even sure yet if it's the, my favorite Spider-Man movie. I have to I have to let it settle in a little bit more. I have no idea, but uh, but I'm I'm really glad though that the that Marvel has taken on that Marvel Studios now has Spider-Man control because Sony they apparently gets their cut as long as Marvel and then Marvel gets to do it right. They worked out some kind of deal. They had, I'm sure they probably had some type of mafia sit down type of thing where they cut a piece of the pie and I don't know. Like in Godfather two, where they divide up Cuba. <laughs> now, if only yes, exactly it, like that. Now, do they only... really do that in the Godfather two? Oh yeah. yeah. How do they control Cuba? It's in the it doesn't, it, it ends up not working out. It's but in we'll, the we'll talk about that. Yeah, in, that's that's in another podcast. <laughs> um, no, let's yeah. do that podcast right now. It's much more. All right, all right. Godfather yeah. Two <laughs> starts out in a wedding, just like the first one. None of you are going to interrupt me. You're gonna get no. Cuba it's part. not. It's all not. Right. It's a toilet. So right. let's talk about Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay. So right off the bat, Peter Parker, he's doing his thing. Spider-Man. It starts off. It's a pretty good prologue. Yeah, of, well, there's actually a prologue to the prologue. There are we'll two prologues, that. which I usually hate, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah. And then he's doing his thing. He gets, like, his new suit. It's, like, right after Civil War, and he's like, oh, high school. Kind of weird, but I'm doing Spider-Man thing. Yeah, and well, then... well, he's told <laughs> that at the end of his adventure with uh, uh, Tony Stark at the, at the airport in Berlin... Uh, so now you're going to be talking to Happy Hogan. He's going to help set you up and do these things. Cut to two months later. He's constantly trying to contact Happy. He can never reach him. So he's just Peter Parker high school student. And he tries to also do the Spider-Man thing. You know, I'm going to put on my suit, try to stop crime. He And he does the type of crimes that it's great to see just a superhero do. Like, a, somebody stole bike, a bike. Bike and, stealing. Yeah, he 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 does that, and then like he'll do you know a very Spider-Man thing. He leaves the bike and puts a note on it saying, "Unless this is your bike, but don't then, steal it." But then he then he finds like guys selling serious weapons, and they're messing with crime, so he has to get a, 
You're messing with crime. Uh, <laughs> don't mess with crime. I work on a podcast. Uh, but he's trying to find out who's selling all these weapons, and it brings him to the vulture, whose real name is... Adrian Toomes. Right, and he's who's played by Michael Keaton. Who Bird plays Spider-Man, by the way? What? Tom who Holland? plays Spider-Man? Tom, ha- Tom Holland. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. He not was... to be confused with Tom Hollander. Not to be confused with... <laughs> yeah, that, he is an actor. <laughs> not to be confused with Holland, part of the Netherlands. Not to be confused with Mr. Holland's opus. So, pretty good. <laughs> uh, the movie or that synopsis? Pretty good. Uh, um, no, I mean the movie. Okay, yeah. No, I was... Again, it's it's difficult. In a way, like... I. Let me let me put in context. Like I didn't see Amazing Spider-Man two, which is the I last Spider-Man movie. You know what Spider-Man movies I've seen? Hmm. Just the first one. You've never seen Spider-Man two or three? Nope. We are going to have to solve that one day. Oh, I don't. Who cares? <laughs> we care. They're very good movies. Ah. We're staging an. This movie right now that I've just seen is way better than my memory of Spider-Man. What? I will s- Yes. Well, well, the original Spider-Man? Yes. I would say I like this more than the first Spider-Man movie. Where, I, if I like it as much as two or three, that's where I'm not sure yet. Like, for me, like, here's what I would say about this movie. It felt very comic booky, And I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, because it is a comic book movie. But I mean that So it in, felt like what it's supposed to feel like? It felt like I was actually reading a Spider-Man comic. And in the sense of... And it helps also again that that Tony Stark is in this movie, uh, and you know I mean he's in it in a, not throughout the whole thing he has a few major scenes, um, but that felt like something that you would get in comic book movies. Oh, not comic books in in a comic book. You're reading it, and it has that. It's something about the narrative thrust of it, and how like the incidents that occur, the dialogue is extremely. Snaps. I don't know. I'm, I'm, re- very I'm losing snaps. words. Yeah, the, this yeah. movie. The thing is, this movie is very funny. Yes. Like there's until the third act, I was laughing consistently through a lot of this movie, and Why I think you, a lot of us were. Why weren't you laughing at the third act? I was. I mean, I laughed a couple of times, but that's where it gets a little more serious, and there are some revelations re- regarding Adrian Toomes and the Vulture, um, and I mean, it just it becomes more of an action movie. More than comedy, right? Um, and well, 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 the reason I brought up, I I didn't see Amazing Spider-Man two, um, but that was I saw the first Amazing Spider-Man and I just it was okay, but I had just I don't know it didn't inspire much in me and I had problems with it and then I just heard all the things about Amazing Spider-Man two that was really horrible and I was just like yeah no thanks. But in a way, I wonder if that would be a more interesting movie to talk about because of how wrongheaded it is. Because with this, okay, Amazing Spider-Man is... Two. No, no, I haven't it. seen it. it. Oh, we should have. You know, what we should do though. We should have a review of the movie without seeing it. Well, we... <laughs> we'll just watch a bunch of other reviews of it. Well, remember me it. reviewing movies I haven't seen was going to be a new segment on your podcast. Oh yeah. Oh right. yeah. That's right. I haven't, time. I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2. None so. of us have. That's yeah. a great thing. I know. We can <laughs> praise Paul Giamatti's performance this guy. No, back to this movie. Um, It's just, look, already if you saw Civil War, if you liked how Tom Holland was a Spider-Man for the 20 minutes he was in that movie, you're going to like him in this movie. This is him carrying the entire movie using that same sort of performance he had in Civil War, which is awesome. And if you didn't like him in Civil War like I did, this is actually better. Huh. Like I didn't like Spider-Man in Civil War. I hated him so much. He Why? Was, Why? He was so shoehorned into the damn movie. He was not shoehorned he was. in. They no. stopped the movie dead to say, hey, here's Spider-Man, brand new character who has no business being in this movie, and he's going to be as noxious as, ter- as possible. He was not obnoxious. He was. He was no. funny. No, he didn't call AT-AT walkers by their proper name, and as a real nerd, he would have known that. <laughs> he's a fake nerd boy, that Peter Parker. <laughs> 
He's he's a kid. A kid who no, who plays with. Hey, I've changed Legos. my mind about this movie now. You, you, he he's you from a younger me. generation, Matt. Leave the I leave the boy alone. You were uh, so wrong. But he yeah. he's better in this movie. I did. I thought he was gonna be really obnoxious what? and annoying. But he's he, he does make him well, a likable Peter Parker. So, so, so what, not bad. What makes him less obnoxious to you in this movie, though? Um, I guess he's like written better, and it's actually a movie about him, so he belongs in it. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, and we get to see more sides of him and, you know, different interactions with characters and stuff. So, you know. It felt he like has greater depth in this. Yes, let's say that he has greater depth and more sh- layers. I don't know. I, I disagree about the obnoxiousness in Civil War, but that's another argument altogether. Okay, no, we're he, talking about Civil War. Here, here's a question, though. With, <laughs> we're gonna Matt have... probably said this on your podcast for Civil we, War. No, was not no, with really? us. You was... were with us. Oh, yeah. just me? Yeah. We did okay. not have Matt that time. Uh, here's a question, though, I'd like to pose. By the way, um, go listen to our podcast about Civil War. That... You'll hear what we said several years ago. Well, last if, year. If you hate Matt the Catania, it's the perfect podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> All you haters of Matt the Catania's blog who are listening to this, you're getting your fun time. Um, so in this, uh, one of the things is that Peter Parker has a best friend. Um, is his name Nate? Ned, Ned. Leeds. N- Ned? Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds? Yes. Uh, was he in the comics Yes, he is, but he's kind of nothing like he is in this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this isn't exactly not against the movie because he's an entertaining character, he seemed like a character that was written for the movie. He seems actually like a character who's in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Yeah, y- yes. That's what I meant to say when I was saying it, it felt like I was reading a, a comic. Yeah, but It had shades of Ultimate Spider-Man. There's a character in that, who by, I believe his name is Ganke or something, but anyhow, he's an Asian-American character who loves Legos, and um, it was invented just for the Ultimate comics, so it seems like they've taken him and just called him Ned Leeds in this movie, who's a different character altogether. Alternate um, Spider-Man. A, con- a movie conflating characters? No way. Um, but but he works. I mean, and it it almost shouldn't work. Like, the, the kind of comic relief best friend should be kind of like a tired thing right now, but it, it worked for me. Yeah, it's and- tired until you do it right. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, what I liked about the comic best friend trope in this movie is, in a lot of movies, the comic best friend trope, they sub in obnoxious instead of funny, and you wonder, why is everyone friends with this guy in the first place? Because right. he's a total jerk. So a lot of times, that stock character is very obnoxious, and he's not funny, he's just annoying, Ned is actually funny, and he's not obnoxious. And he's useful. Yeah, he's he does, useful, yeah. he's legitimately funny, and he's a nice guy, and you can actually understand why people in the movie want him around, yeah. which you don't usually get for that type of character. Unlike Flash Thompson, who is also in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't he... Yeah, I remember he's the... Isn't Flash Thompson... I remember him from the cartoon yes he's in the cartoons you look different there of course yes. he was um, indian yeah no he wasn't indian actually tony this is a very Revol- multi-ethnic cast tony revolori which is, is actually hispanic i believe really yeah wow oh is that the actor yeah tony revolori i, I, is, I think he's actually hispanic and not indian familiar everybody thinks he's indian but he's not really as well just throw me on the pile of wrong people <laughs> <laughs> you could send all of the like email about that to ways of cinema gmail now um <laughs> But, you have uh, to give them the fake email address for complaints. That's true. <laughs> Send all of your thoughts on our Amazing Spider-Man 2 review to X. No, man. Um, but no, he works. He's useful. I mean, you have to suspend a little disbelief that he is a teenager who is also a super expert computer hacker. Right. Um, well, no, he's not a computer hacker. He's yes, he is. like he is. Yes, he yeah. turned off the parental controls on Spider-Man's suit. How would he know how to do that? Only a a parent could do that. That's easy. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) And this room was silent. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Again, I could suspend my disbelief because, you know, movie. But I could see that... That was something that occurred to me that it might get on my nerves maybe if I watched the movie again or multiple times. Watching it in the moment, it was fine. He almost becomes too much, but mainly because... In the in the scenes where he gets 
annoying, it's because he has to be pestering Peter Parker. Because he finds out Peter is Spider-Man. Yes. And he has all these questions, like, do you know this guy? Have you done this thing? Can you lay eggs? Are you a yeah. like, half spider? But that and, then, and then it's like, Peter's just trying to go through his life, and he's like, God, shut up! But... What makes it work is that he, in a way, he's a little bit of the audience surrogate. A little more annoying than the like how we'd like to think of ourselves, but that would be us. I don't quite think he's an audience. We we know Spider-Man doesn't lay eggs. No, he, no, he no. He has that's funny a joke. lines like that, and he he does great comic relief. He's well written. Yeah. Um, how about Michael Keaton? He was really intense. Yeah. He. Uh, he he was really he wasn't phoning it in. He was really trying to make this guy a a presence. Um, I felt he was wasted in the role though. That they should have hmm. made a better villain for him instead of the damn vulture. No, I I loved him as a villain in this movie. Yeah, because but he should be a better Spider-Man villain. There are so many Spider-Man villains to choose from. And what, like Shocker? Villain, oh, I have underused. to talk about him in a moment. Yes, but I mean, but there's just so many Spider-Man villains to choose from, and they're like, uh, let's do the Vulture. No, 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 you got Michael Keaton, give him a good Spider-Man villain to play with. Well, do you think they did it just because it's like, hey, you were just Birdman? Yes, I think so, and that's why I hate, hate them so much. Yeah, like, it's, a no. little, it's a little meta to me. It's like, hey, he's Birdman, let's give him Birdman. Also, a, a lot of the other villains have been used already <sighs> in yeah. other films. I yeah. just really appreciated Michael Keaton's realistically low-key goals as <laughs> yes. a villain. Yes, yeah. well, I, that's, well, that's also like with the Sandman in Spider-Man 3. He had pretty yeah, low-key goals as well. I feel like I've already Except said this he got on the somehow podcast. turned into sand. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that did happen. Sand, which was an experiment to turn, as Matt Rosen says... Sand but into sand. I really appreciate a villain who has non-apocalyptic motivations. I was thinking about that too. Yeah, I mean, the movie starts out with like he's doing the salvage at like the, of all the crap that happened at at the end of Avengers, and he's like, "Oh, taking apart the stuff," and the government's like, "Nope, we're swooping in and doing that," and he's like, "Oh crap, we're, I'm out all this money. Let's that, sell the stuff we have, and we can just make money that way," which is. I could sympathize. I mean, if I was yeah. if I was out on a limb like him, and the government just swooped in and took my job, I'd be like, "Well, I'm not giving back the stuff I have already." But, yeah. Okay, but that scene also is was sort of didn't make sense to me because if he's got a contract with the city, and then there's some other agency that comes in and takes over that breaks the contract, then the city or the agency would have to reimburse him for everything he's out of pocket for for breaking hmm. contracts. So there would be no real villainous motivation because he would still be at square one. They said here. Well, he could have made a ton of money by doing the salvage there, but now he's just getting reimbursed. Yeah, but I mean... And it, that doesn't help him. Well, they made especially it since he wasted all that time doing the work. Yeah, but they made it seem like such a tragic villain origin that he was screwed over by the man. But it wasn't tragic. It was very low-key. It's like, I need money. I got all this stuff I did. I got from the thing already. Why don't I just sell it and get out of this crappy salvage business? And also it's dumb because why is S.H.I.E.L.D. not already confiscating all the alien tech instead of letting stupid regular that, civilians that play That was a good question. It? That's something I wondered. Uh, that well, obviously, well, I know that they, they try to show... Basically, the movie opens with this prologue, which is what we're kind of talking about, where, as we said, that that uh, Adrian Toomes is part of a cleanup crew, construction... And so it is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that come that come. No, in. it's not. It's a different or new organization called Damage Control. There's no S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that pop up at all. Yeah, oh. that's right. Okay, well, I, I didn't Even know that. Even though it's actually S.H.I.E.L.D.'s job that they've shown in the TV show, which I guess... TV still... doesn't matter, No, Matt. but it is part of the continuity in yeah, a that, way. That, that is, no, yeah, it is. They, I was wondering about matter. that. They, Who cares? But all right, the, the point is, then, is bad. But it, it even established in prior movies that S.H.I.E.L.D. is in charge of, like, monitoring crazy alien things that fall onto Earth and keeping them under lock and key. Well, well what happens in the prologue is that, they, you know, they, they tell Adrian Toomes and his people, like... Leave all this stuff here. You cannot take any alien things. It's against the law. You want one of them pockets an alien thing. And then... Uh, one thing I had a question about. It's eight years? Um, eight since years the, since the end of Avengers. I didn't yeah. know that, though. I thought that it had been eight years since Tony Stark became Iron Man. Wrong. From, between Iron Man and Civil War. 
No. Wait a second. The Must timeline doesn't bad. seems a little weird. I I what? cannot. You're you're looking at this with a fine tooth comb. This no, is no, not, no, 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 about no, no, that. That makes sense though, because wait, because as Iron Man is 2008, and was it wasn't Avengers 2012? Well, I know we're not going exactly by the years the movies were released, but it seems like. It, but then, so the Avengers takes place in the same year as Iron Man? Okay, obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe operates on a sliding time scale similar to the Marvel comic book universe. <laughs> the point we're making is that they could have made it six years and it might have made a little more... It wouldn't have been that harmful. So time is actually oh, compressed backwards. Oh, a slightly backwards. different title card would have changed this yes. movie it would have it would have erased it would have erased of likability. It would have erased a continuity error. All right, all right. So the point is, though, Michael I, Keaton... I wish I could show you the look I'm giving Jack now. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I think that I can see what Matt is saying in a way uh, as far as maybe Michael Keaton being... You know, he is such a talented actor, and this villain is... He could act this guy in his sleep, but I still felt he brought presence yeah, to the Yeah, it didn't seem like a role that was especially like, yeah, we gotta get Michael Keaton for this. But, I mean, you have Michael Keaton... So you knew he wasn't going to drop the he's ball. In the, he's in the Keaton sons. No, I was, <laughs> so, I was I mean, a big like, fan of his character because he had a lot of charisma and a lot of presence, and I really I loved charisma. how non-grandiose his goals were. Yeah. I'm really... He was like the working man's villain. Um, well, up to a point. I, I also was really a... appreciated he dropped a little, like, Occupy Wall Street class consciousness in the film. <laughs> well, because he said at one point, he was like, I'm just a humble arms dealer. Like, <laughs> like Tony Stark. I may be just a humble arms dealer. <laughs> yes, that's how everybody from Queens talks. But... I do declare that I am just making a living. <laughs> Even our listeners in other countries know that's not how he does do a little speech about how he's just trying to get ahead and he's just trying to get by and you know rich assholes um, are the real problem, which Which of course I agree with because I want to kill the rich. But it's really funny because (laughs) in the comics, the vulture is the personification of rich old white assholes, so he completely changed his character around to be like a blue collar guy. Instead I was of, wondering about that because I've I haven't read comics with the Vulture, but I've seen because some he's images. terrible. <laughs> is he not good? Even though the idea that there are still blue collar people in New York City is kind of ridiculous. See, Corey, I have to actually I have to kind of disagree. Well, you, you saw that bit. you saw that house that Tombs had. Yeah. Well, again, he, was, he is no longer. Blue well, well, no. Well, that's the idea is that maybe what do you one call people? Like, what collar is it that where you make your money off of crime? Gray collar, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He, right, well, here's what I was about Maybe to say. Maybe they don't have collars, or they steal them from other people. <laughs> the reason why I'm Trump a little anxious to talk is because <laughs> he's he's blue collar, but he's Trump blue collar, though. Like, he says he's blue collar, <laughs> but he voted for Trump. Because um, he's okay. bitter against, like, he would see himself as being aggrieved by, like, rich assholes. I don't want to believe uh, he voted Trump. for Trump. Why do you like him that much? She doesn't want to believe that anyone voted for Donald Trump. No, I'm saying that, like, his view, though, of what he deserves, he's an extremely bitter working-class guy who is going to, you know, screw them. I know I'm, I know I'm right. going off There's track. a little disconnect between his rhetoric and his super fancy Yeah, house. that's what I mean. So, well, I, I understand but I mean, that in but eight years... He's a villain. He can be inconsistent. How many times have I told you not to fire him out in the open? You said move the merchandise. Under the radar. Under the radar. If you bring damage control or the Avengers down here, we're through. You're up there wearing that goofy thing, lighting up cars, calling yourself the shocker of the shocker of shock people. What is this, pro wrestling? But uh, let's talk a little bit about um, Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man. Does whatever a spider can. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think of other things I want to say about... Oh, okay, so... Don't worry, we have enough space for you to edit um, that last part. <sighs> well, because there are things about the movie that we can't quite talk about yet until we get to the spoiler section. Again, the third act is very spoilery. Um, I'd say I really... But I did well, enjoy, let's talk about the action. It was really good action. Yeah, the, the set pieces. It Now, I would say that it is... 
that it's not like it's extremely surprising. It's nice in the sense that, as we kind of mentioned before, there aren't apocalyptic stakes. It's really more about, you know, Spider-Man has to stop this thing. There's a set piece in the movie that involves the Washington Memorial, which was... Washington Monument. Mo monument, sorry. Memorial Monument. Memorial Monument. Oh, the Washington <laughs> Monument joke was amazing in this movie. Oh. That was so good. Which one was that? You know, the funny one. <laughs> there were a number of funny ones. When... I don't even know if saying her name is a spoiler. Yes, it is. It's a spoiler. But so. when that chick is like, I don't want to go into a... I don't want to commemorate slave labor. And then the teachers are like, the Washington Monument is nothing to do with slave labor. And then there's that security guard. Well, who's like, stranger who's like... Eh. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the kind of joke that... We all laughed our asses off at that. And some and some in the audience, I think, were just like, eh, it was okay. But the movie is peppered with really great exchanges like that. This movie has six screenwriters, and at least a couple of them were brought a lot of humor to this. Wow, those guys must have like all been on the same page. <laughs> it's like, I, all right, we need a joke for this one. You get it. Yes, sir. Well, and you. You it was get like, a joke. It was like Blazing Saddles. They had like a writer's room. Um, no, I really enjoyed that, that sequence involving the Washington Memorial... Monument! Damn it! I had the right letter. Mo monument. And... The Washington because, Melon. Well, because it, it's a sequence where, uh, you know that Spider-Man can handle this, but the, the, the intensity is in, how is he going to do this? Because he's still early on in his Spider-Man-iness. This is still... The first Spider-Man movie proper. He's in his Spider-Boyhood. Spider-Boyhood. There we go. Well, that's a different character. Twelve years they filmed Spider-Boyhood. <laughs> <laughs> you took twelve years? Wow. Um, no. Uh, and I just, I really, I think that was maybe my favorite sequence as far as the, even though the stakes weren't as high as near the end of the movie, it, it, it felt like it had stakes just for the characters that we've gotten to know up to that point in the movie, you know, they're, they're the other students who, yeah, they haven't been always that nice to Peter, but they haven't been all terrible except for Flash. Um, and by the way, second Marvel film in a row to use the word penis. What was the other one? Oh, oh, oh Guardians. Galaxy too. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, they're really breaking ground there, too. Um, <laughs> penis. Well, you have to institute a penis tracker on the podcast. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> penis tracker 2017. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I enjoyed that. There were other action scenes that, uh, like, the, there's a sequence involving a Staten Island ferry. Um, that was fine. I think that that is the kind of action sequence I come to expect in Marvel movies. So, it's not like it blew me away. It wasn't bad. It was just typical. I don't know. What, what, what were your thoughts about the action? I thought it was really good because it wasn't just about how do I punch this man and get him out of the way. He, uh, Peter Parker is constantly using what he knows and trying to get around all these obstacles in very clever ways. Yes. I mean, he's, he, 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 there's that part where he, he has all these new web settings that he doesn't know about, but by the time we get to that fairy sequence he's like oh crap i gotta use everything i got to try to hold that fairy together it's yeah. not a spoiler because it's in the trailer yeah but no, i they really made an effort to incorporate everything they had talked about everything that gets mentioned in a previous scene comes back later on every time there's an action sequence there are stakes for spider-man and there are and it's not just it, it sounds weird to compare this now to the other to keep going back to the older spider-man movies um, I mean, I, I actually appreciate, too, that it's not just Mary Jane is in trouble again. Now I have to save her. Like, they're, they're the, the, it was more about, here's what I have to do. And also, there's the thought in the back of your head watching a scene that Spider-Man really shouldn't... He doesn't even need to be here right now. Like, there are other people that could be doing this. And in a way, he's almost getting in the way. Well, and that's I, what makes it interesting. Well, I found the opposite sort of thing. Oh, well, like, well, only in the seems fairy like scene. No one's paying attention to this whole area, and he's just trying to do stuff. Well, uh, in the fairy sequence is is an exception, right? But no, no, no. It's, in the climax, especially, that was. Uh, um, it's also fun to get without saying too much. What happens in the in the climactic sequence? 
you get a lot of uh, most of it takes place up in the air. Yeah. Involving an airplane, and uh, that's all we'll say. So you can uh, keep some. But everything's pretty easy to track. No, you're never confused about. Well, it is pretty stroby for the final fight. So if you have seizures, you might want to close your eyes. It was a little cut quickly near the end. Everything was flashing too. Like, yeah, well, that's probably for the people who see this in 3D. They get, I guess, their extra money, which don't go see us in 3D. Just see it in 2D. Why are we still trying to make 3D a thing? Because Hollywood, because it's free money. Yeah. <laughs> like, those glasses are made, like, you know, I don't know, forever. Um, but, you know, look, the, the key thing you need to know about this movie is that they get Spider-Man right, but they also get Peter Parker right. Mm. And that's even more important. Now, I mean, obviously... It's one thing you have Spider-Man making you know quips as he uh, attacks bank robbers or uh, does this or that, but it's just little scenes that they get right. That there are so many little scenes that build up. Like for example, there's um, Donald Glover's in this movie, uh, and he has he, he has a pretty small part. I was actually kind of surprised. I was like, oh, Donald Glover's in this, and I was wondering at first why is he just in this scene, and then they come back to him. And he he's the character in the uh, uh, who who is originally going to buy some arms. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about now, right? I remember because okay. I don't know if you knew who Donald Glover was. Um, I don't know. I was just checking. Um, but uh, he but then he has an exchange with Spider Man, and it really humanizes uh, Spider Man in a moment because he their interaction is more like, do you know what you're doing, man? It's like, yeah, no, I don't know what I'm doing. No, I don't know if you do. Yeah. And that's like the whole tenor of that scene. It's very funny, but it also, you know, it, it, it it's the kind of thing you just would not see with most other superheroes. But I feel really bad for Donald Glover because his ice cream is going to melt. Yeah. <laughs> I fell for him, too. I love that scene. Yeah. There. Uh, what do you think of the... Her name is uh, Liz... I'm sorry. Okay, no, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I think she, she, she's a, she's kind of, sort of the romantic interest in the movie. She's um, definitely the romantic. No, no, no. She is. Um, I thought she was fine. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Okay, great. You're using the great word. All right. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of other things. I think uh, maybe I don't know. You guys want to talk about Iron Man in this? Yeah. Um. Well, why don't we uh, move into spoiler territory now? Sure. Let's so, give an opinion that people will be able to listen to. Go see it. It's a fun blockbuster. I'm, I'm once again impressed by Marvel, and you know, I, I don't know. Like, is it the absolute? Was I blown away by this like Civil War? No, but I, I was still. This and Guardians of the Galaxy are showing that Marvel knows what's doing this year, and I'm really happy for their success. They could still mess it up with Thor Ragnarok, but they're they not going to. Job. They might. No, they, they won't. They might. No. They might. Jeff Goldblum yeah. is in the movie. It at least has some potential. Okay. <laughs> this movie is clever, consistently laugh out loud funny. Tom Holland is like a happy puppy. Yeah, just, that's a great way to put it. Just go see it. This is a happy puppy type of film. If you've wanted to see, if you've wanted to see this back, like, because as much as I like the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, they are. Its depiction of Peter Parker in high school is a little different than this. Again, like this felt a little bit closer. I mentioned the comic books. I also felt a little bit of the spectacular Spider-Man part of it. The, if you've ever seen the animated series, that was a very fun, peppy, colorful show, and that this I feel like captures a little bit of that spirit. I'm just glad that the Marvel Cinematic Universe encompasses. A kind of broad, a broader array of genres than I initially anticipated. Because I, I like having you know more serious, intense movies like Civil War. You know, I like darker movies that wrestle with kind of the dark nature of being a superhero. But I don't want that all the time. Sometimes you want to have fun. So I'm glad that the same cinematic universe can incorporate a film like Civil War and a film like yeah. this. Well, it's also, again, that, well, that's also when I talk about being comic booky. it's like you go from reading that one comic book and all of a sudden you can go into this title, so to speak, and it has references to stuff that you've read before, but it has its own personality and approach to things. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think I was going to like this, and I've been, like, dreading it for months, but it turned out to be a fun movie, but it's just a movie that I don't, I still don't think it needs to exist. Like, if it had never existed, I would not have minded, because I don't like Spider-Man that much, that I need Spider-Man in my MCU, but they got him there. It's fun, so if you want to see Spider-Man, do a good Spider-Man show that's... Not the last two Spider-Man moments that sucked that, like, nobody saw, but it's not... So, yeah, this is a good time at the movies. And also we should mention, too, that, but yeah, so Corey and Matt were not quite looking forward to this. We kind of had to... Well, you, well, you, Andrew, kind of really dragged Matt to this. Well, yeah, he has to be here. We He's went the to comic see, book guy. We went to see the movie at 4.45. You guys came here at 4. Up until about... 3.30 this afternoon, I told Jack, I don't think I'm going to see this movie. I really have no interest in seeing it. The only reason I went to see it was, honestly, I wanted to see you guys and wanted to go with you, specifically. We did it! Aww. So, you know, if Jack had invited me to go, you know, if my husband had invited me to go, I and it would have just been the two of us, I probably would be like, eh. Well, he get well. She gets well, enough of me. You can see your husband anytime. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have been like, eh, you go by yourself. Yeah. But I really wanted to see my friends and go to the movie with you guys yeah. and talk about it with you guys. And so now finally... you saw this really fun movie. Yeah, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And Andrew, I thought this was a lot of fun. This is pitch perfect Marvel uh, stuff. It's go- everything they're doing right now is doing really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this met my expectations. Good. And, and it's so hard for a movie to do that for me now. Yeah. So well, uh, I'm extremely pleased with it. Go see it in the theater. You will not be sorry. Especially if you're kind of weirded out over the last two films. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, again... The last two Spider-Man Yeah, films. the last two Sony Spider-Man movies that were not Marvel Studios related and were just like, we gotta do this resurrection thing because we might lose the rights to Spider-Man or something and, and it worked <laughs> well ironically you know though one more thing before we go into spoilers in a way I wonder if you have to kind of thank those those two movies though sure because well no but, but for this reason because if they hadn't been so poor and made people like so disappointed then maybe like the lowering of the expectations suddenly made this like so uh, appealing to well, people well their poor performance got Sony to share with Marvel. Yeah. yeah, no, that that's what I mean. Like, imagine if Sony, right, now, had, Sony the, hadn't been greedy now, from the beginning the six, and it just started with Marvel from the start. Well, that was never going to happen. But I mean, the success of this film is basically going to hinge on whether people have had enough Spider-Man. If anything, this is the sto- this movie represents Sony's uh, struggle and like... The, the, now, if the, only... The Amazing Spider-Man movies are their Staten Island Ferry sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if only we could knock some sense into Fox and get Fantastic Four back into Marvel's That's hands. not going to happen. No, oh, yeah, not, because no. it's such a cash cow for nobody Fox. Nobody wants to see the Fantastic Four again. People do want to they see want the to Fantastic see, they, Four. It's just nobody's it, done It's going it to take right. a generation. We want to see Doctor Doom. We don't care about the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fine, I'll take it. All right, you let's don't go into spoilers. Go. All right, so if you're listening to this, spider spoilers, spider spoilers, does whatever spider spoilers can. Spider spoilers. That's a tongue twister. Spiders, spiders, yeah. spiders spoil, spiders spoil, spiders spoil. Spiders spoil. How much older he looks when he's right next to Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, he really does now. I I don't I, I I'm not gonna say Robert Downey Jr. is old, but it's been a long time since Iron Man. Yeah, I have to. I haven't seen the original Iron Man. It's in not a while. eight years that have passed. It's been twenty five years, basically. <laughs> if you go His by face Robert Downey some... Jr.'s face, well. I mean, I'm sure he's kept himself well. Yeah, aren't but, we, aren't uh, you glad we put this in the spoiler section? <laughs> no, yeah, this has nothing to do with the movie. You exactly. will be shocked. Shocked to find how much Robert Downey Jr. has aged. <laughs> yes. Um, his, but it's, uh, not, but his, it's not just Robert Downey Jr. This, It's also Chris Evans coming back. 
Yes, yeah, so that's the thing. Um, so the way that they bring Captain America into this, because one of the things that was so fun in uh, Civil War for me was how Spider-Man uh, was in his in his way geeking out overseeing Captain America. It, that's how um, I felt kind of connected with Spider-Man that sequence because I'm like, well, if I was here, I'd be geeking. I'm like, oh my god, Captain America! Oh, you, oh, you're Ant Man! Oh, you do that thing! Oh, oh you nobody do that. recognizes Ant Man. <laughs> Maybe not now, but soon. Um, but no, but it. What I liked is that they, if you're good, Captain America's use in the Marvel movies, he's as good as what's around him, and that's why that's why I've always said. You mean his context? Yeah, the context of it, and this was the first time. This is the weirdest context. No, but but what I loved about it, though, it actually brought me back in a way to part of the first Captain America movie where it's like after Captain America first he's becomes created show. Yeah, and yeah. he's like propaganda. <laughs> this is like Captain America as Smokey the Bear or something. Or yeah. or or like I don't know, like I don't know if that's the right comparison. Yeah, basically but. what we're talking about, Captain America is basically he only appears in these sort of school video PSAs for yeah. gym class and for being in detention. They're so good. Oh, they're, they're and then the post-credits scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you stay till the very end of the credits, they pull the biggest punking on the audience that usually waits there. Probably since the first Avengers, where in that Avengers you have in the last moment, it's just, yeah, we're just going to sit around this table and say nothing. Because we're awesome. It was better than Iron Man 3's post-credits. I don't even remember what that. What was that? I don't remember. Robert Downey Jr. laying on a couch talking to uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, it was okay. I don't know. remember that. Nah, no, it was not. It was kind of underwhelming. This was much more interesting. Well, it, it, all, it called back to what we saw before. and it. Um, You're wrong, Jack. Hannibal Buress, uh, is, uh has a bit part in this, too. Um, he plays the gym teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and his, he has a line after. I'm not going to spoil this. Just every time he's on screen, yeah. he's great. Yes. I, I love it. He he's one of those actors who will just pop up in things, and will be like very Hannibal funny. Popped up over the Alps with his elephants. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is the genius of Hannibal Buress, which acknowledge how much of a goober Captain America is. Yeah, well, he he's such a do-gooder guy when you when you kind of take him aside from the drama of like winter soldier or civil war where you know th those have the context of those are very wide and very dramatic when you just have the character of himself he's he's a square well yeah but that's but you can i especially like how in the detention uh video they're all watching like it's all it's all the people like peter parker's in detention and then they're watching another captain america video and he steps up and put turns the chair around and sits <laughs> down and leans on the back of the chair it's like so you're in detention <laughs> captain yeah. america is a new troy mcclure yes yeah <laughs> That, I'm clapping for you. That is, that is the, hello, I'm Captain America. You might remember me from such films as the first Avenger. And that one from the 90s that gets parodied online. Um, but no, he he's very funny. Let's talk about the big spoiler in this, which is that, um, that Michael, so that uh, Adrian Toomes, at first we just think, all right, he's this character who's, uh, who got screwed over years ago. He's now trading these alien arms to people because they have... Not you know, like arms as in limbs. Arms as in, like, weapons. But how much more fantastic would it be if he was actually dealing in, like, severed alien limbs? That would be awesome. That, yeah. would, be, that would be a great gag. That you'd would be to, a very different story, but still well, worthwhile. Well, he is the vulture, and that would be Carrion. Yes. <laughs> Carrion, yeah. That's... There's a different Spider-Man villain. Anyhow, moving right along... Wait, there's a Spider-Man villain named Carrion? There is. Is he like a deer or something? No, he's actually what? he's connected to the jackal through there's like clones and stuff. There's one called the jackal. Yes, there's one called the jackal. He doesn't look <laughs> like a jackal though. Oh. But uh, but anyway, it's revealed. I am Anubis, god of death. <laughs> but uh, but it's revealed that Adrian Toomes. Uh, so what happens is, uh, so all of a sudden, the movie slows down a little bit after the Staten Island ferry scene. Uh, Tony Stark says, you're not having my suit anymore. I'm taking it back. You're grounded. Yeah, basically it's a you're grounded moment. And a lot of kids watching this movie will Turn probably relate to that. 
Well, he's not really asking. Well, yes. Yeah, I guess he is. It is a turn your back. You're a loose cannon, Spider Man. Yeah, this is the cop movie moment, isn't it? You have nothing to lose, and you're tight. You're too tightly wound. You're off the force. I mean, it's one of those. If I do have a very tiny criticism of the movie, it's you know as soon as that happens what the trajectory is that he's going to have to prove himself, and he will. The movie. Yeah, I mean, the movie ends up doing a good job of. Showing how he does that, as far as because Tom again, as, my, but the as way, Corey said, Tom Allen's such like a little puppy. Um, the way Peter Parker makes it right, though, yes, is marvelous. Uh, oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yes. no, you did to yourself. Anyway, anyway, so but it's, it's revealed part. that we find out that that Adrian Toomes the is the father. Is Liz's father. Yeah. Liz is the. Oh, the, oh, Liz is the girl that Peter Parker's taken to the dance, and he just like shows up at her house, and who answers the door? Michael Keaton. That Terrified. Was, and, and it made a good fake out because of another but spoiler that we'll fit. get to later. It all fit, because all this time, Toombs is talking about how he's providing for his family, and then finally we see that family, and it's the worst possible situation. What I liked, too, was that uh, I think a lesser movie, or a movie that didn't have as sharp a thing... It, they might have maybe dragged out a little bit longer right. when Adrian Toomes finds out that Peter Parker Spider-Man... No, he finds out, like, one scene later. Yeah. Just basically. because of... Well, for one thing, his voice. And that was a nice little touch. The fact that, again, because of his voice, he recognizes pretty quickly. But he also puts two and two together when it's like, oh, you weren't in that elevator when it fell, and oh, you just got back from Washington, and... It's uh, a nice comment and, oh, you're, on... You're, without, without having to press it, it's a nice comment about... Superhero identities being discovered. Okay, now the, the thing about this, though, is that in the comics, the Vulture feels like a rough draft of the Green Goblin, and then they did a lot of work on his character in this movie to make him seem like a bigger, more intimidating threat, but in doing this, it seems like they're still going back and making him even more of a Green Goblin clone, like he is, in mm. fact, the father of one of Peter's uh, schoolmates, and he finds out Peter's identity immediately mm. and threatens him, and he also has a flying mechanical glider suit thingy, so it just like feels like, why are we still retreading Green Goblin territory with this character? Why did you pick a character who was so indistinct from the top Spider-Man villain that you could have picked? It's, because it's, the Vulture hasn't been used yet. But why would you pick him instead of someone cool like Mysterio, who is totally different in every I, I'm way? Going, well, no, well, Mysterio I'm gonna... is not working in this situation. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> no, he's not. Everything about Mysterio works. He's got a fishbowl for a head. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you've just hit, nailed on the head the exact problem we have here. He's a special effects villain. He has so much range of stuff that he can do. Oh, what's what's Mysterio's uh, origin going to be in this one? Is it going to be, oh, I got fired from the special effects job because the government <laughs> swooped in and took my job. I swear revenge with alien technology. No, sure. It's not well, there's so many of these characters, though, in the, these things that end up... I get screwed over and I'm going to get revenge like uh, but it's, but it's like not, Electro or something. But it's not like he... he but it's not like in this one it was like, I got screwed out of a job. I'm taking over the world. It's like, I, I screwed out of a job. Maybe we can sell this stuff that we had. And it, and over eight years, it escalates to, I'm stealing stuff to sell, and it's getting... Bet, I'm, I'm doing bigger and bigger jobs. Until yeah. out of desperation, he has to do the climactic action sequence, which is like stealing all the... Well, he doesn't have event. to do that. He yes, he has to, to, he has to do it because it's like, no, I'm not doing that job. It's too risky. But Peter Parker messes up the fairy thing for him. And that mm. was supposed to be, like, his, like, second-to-last job or something. And now he has to do, like, a super risky job to get all this done. Mm. So the only thing left is the super risky one. He has to do that to make sure everything's all good. And then he's set. Uh, I don't know if I quite had sympathy for him in that moment. He I, was doing something that involved, like... I'm not saying like, I feel sympathy screwing. for him because he has to do this. Because clearly he is doing terrible things. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's selling, hiding like, things laser from He's been too. for years selling alien technology on the street without his family knowing. Yeah. <laughs> See, what would have been interesting is if, like, uh, maybe, like, if imagine the situation where maybe, like, the, I guess it wouldn't work if, like, the wife and daughter knew, but that, that doesn't work as well. I would, the only thing I would counter, Matt, is that I think that the Vulture looks better in this than Green Goblin did. 
in Spider-Man. He looks really good in this. Yeah, he's a good. It's a good visual effect. Yeah, it's great. He's he's got like he's got the the jet pilot helmet with the face mask. He's got he's the like bomber e- jacket. He's like evil Rocketeer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think Michael Keaton. This looks awesome. Like the Vulture. I mean, I yeah. I like the helmet and I like the feet and nothing else. But yeah. Um. I don't know. Well, so, yeah, it is one of those reveals that makes it, uh, you know, it adds the... You don't see it coming, but when it does happen, you're like, of course! Yeah, of course, and as I said, that the fact that it doesn't... It's not stretched out too long, he immediately finds out. Like, he's in the car taking them to homecoming, and then he tells uh, Liz, why don't you get out of the car? Me and Peter are going to have a little father-kid talk. And then it's like, look... I know who you are. Jack's taking a gun. Yeah, because he has like a gun on the thing. That's like one of the few moments where Michael Keaton was like, ooh, this is the Michael Keaton I really love here. Where he's like, yeah. Jack, this is for you, he thought. Yeah, (laughs) this is like, don't. In in a matter of speaking, don't fuck with me. (laughs) Um, But then at that moment, Peter Parker has already decided what to do. Because he leaves his phone in in the car. Yeah, that's one. Well, that's one of those move. That's one of those movie things that he did. Did he do that intentionally? Yes, yes. So he could track the car. Exactly. Oh, I missed that. He's, oh. He has the tracker on his. I phone. thought that was like a. I thought he did that by accident. No, it was okay. intentional. That would have been too contrived. Yeah, no, no. That that's but, what I was thinking. Is this too? But contrived? it's like. But you know, coming back to it, this is it's really tight. This this script. It has it has a good structure. Now again, is the. You, you you've seen the the way that Peter Parker has to prove himself. It is something that as soon as you know it's happening, okay, we know what the trajectory is going to be. It's just again the details of how it happens. There's a moment where Vulture uh, makes it so that an entire concrete structure falls on Peter Parker and he has to get up. Um, slight cliche moment where he hears Tony Stark telling him, "You have to be." If without the suit, you're not anything, or a line like that. If you if you need the suit, if yeah. you're nothing without the suit, then you, don't, you don't. You shouldn't wear you shouldn't. it. Yeah, yeah. But that's, and that's that's that, a reference to a very that whole sequence is a reference to a very famous Spider-Man. Comic. Yes, that is. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah, where Peter Parker's like he's trapped under the thing. He's like, ah, I can't give up. Ah, he gets out. Oh, right, okay. so he's thinking about Aunt May and everybody who's like depends upon him, and then he lifts up the giant piece of machinery that Doctor Octopus dropped on him. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I should have known that. Um, all right, let me talk about, all right, let me talk about a, I do have a nitpick with this movie. It comes near the end. Um, and I knew it was coming because I got spoiled about it listening to another review uh, a day or two ago. Um, so it turns out that this is very spoilery. So if you really don't want to know this and turn off now, we've already, we've already said yeah, this is spoilery. I know, no, no, but this is especially it's, no, spoilery. No, it's too late for them to turn back now. They have to listen to the entire podcast okay. now. So it turns out there's We're a punishing him. the yeah. character who makes that wise crack uh, about like why are we gonna I'm not gonna go in the Washington Monument and slaves built it or whatever yeah. so that girl um, near the end of the movie she says no my I'm actually they usually call me MJ for Michael Jordan yeah I I kind of let out a sigh it, and it, it didn't make it it seemed that seemed shoehorned yes that was no that was no good that was that was a Dark Knight Rises. My name's Robin. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Was, I don't understand why they didn't just say I'm Mary Jane from the start. Just call that character Mary Jane instead of giving. Which would have been interesting because then you would have been watching the movie with the knowledge of, huh? They're taking Mary Jane in a different direction that I've seen her completely. She's it, almost like a character out of like, she's almost like Aubrey Plaza in uh, Scott Pilgrim or yeah. something. But it's like another thing because she's her character does not feel like Mary Jane or look like Mary Jane no. or act like Mary Jane. And at Which the end, I'll say because like Mary Jane was lame in the Sam Raimi well, Spider Man. She movies. was fine. She's not. Yeah. No, but the, I liked her in those movies. The, the Mary Jane in the Sam Raimi films was not as good as Mary Jane could have been. So I agree that she was lame, but this still doesn't feel like a Mary Jane either. This feels well, also well. Usually, Mar- uh, the idea of Mary Jane in the comics, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the idea is. Mary Jane is like the prettiest girl in the high school, and she's like this unattainable girl. And in this, it's like you could totally see Peter Parker and Mary Jane hooking up, no problem. Yeah, she got like the cool outsider vibe, like you know. This is 
this is a different take on it. Yeah, it's a different take, but it's like they kept changing things to be different than the Sam Raimi films, which are already pretty good. And so yeah. they've, they've made a movie which is just different just to be different. It doesn't seem like different to be a better adaptation. Did you say Sam Raimi? Yes. <laughs> I do declare Sam Raimi is no longer directing Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I'm from Queens. <laughs> Walter Peck. Uh, no, Peck. Gregory Peck. Walter Peck. Uh, but I mean, this character was good. Yeah, she's a great no, character. No, 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 she's, she's fun. And I'm like, just, fine. It, it felt so, but that was a, that was bullshit though. That was one of those moments like where, yeah, it was a Dark Knight Rises, they call me Robin or to a lesser extent in Skyfall where at least in that you kind of knew that she was Money Penny the whole time. But then at the end of Skyfall, she's like, oh, my name's Money Penny. Don't do that to characters. Like, it's just, not a great how twist. How about just don't make... Like, why does she have to be Mary Jane? Like she like could just be end, a girl. Or it's like at the end of episode three of Star Wars, and it's like, goodbye, Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. <It's> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I like that movie, but I, that that's fine. Uh, but that's that, that. I feel like that is a legitimate nitpick to have with this movie. Um... <laughs> at, uh, I agree. Uh, in the end, the reveal is kind of like, eh. It felt like one of those fan service-y things that doesn't even work as fan service. It, like, it, because... You could the, have just had it that way from the beginning. Well, also, I don't see how it would have changed Well, the also, the weird thing is is that Liz seems more like she's supposed to be like the Mary Jane type character. Well, Liz, I thought, was going to be Liz Allen, who's a character that marries Harry Osborn. But apparently she's oh, Liz yeah, Toomes. Yeah. Uh, Liz I'm Toomes. glad there was no moment where it's like... A new guy came. It's like my name is Harry. Harry Osborn. No, 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 no. Well, they didn't. That was the thing from the that they didn't make this. That was the thing I heard about with Amazing Spider-Man too, where like, I agree with envy. Well, no, in that it's like apparently, like I forget if he's an Amazing Spider-Man because it's been so long since I've seen it. But but he basically in that movie they established that Peter Parker and Harry Osborn been friends for years, even though we haven't seen it at all. Like Lex Luthor and Clark Kent. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, oh, remember, I, I, TV doesn't matter. Um, also, the I like that there's kind of a nice gag where near the very end, uh, Tony Stark actually offers uh, to Peter Parker, yeah, come join the Avengers. And Peter Parker suddenly has that moment, which we know is coming, where he's like, no, I got to stay in high school and protect my neighborhood. And then the press are all there. Yeah. And we but, get, like, a nice Pepper Potts cameo. But there's no J. Jonah Jameson in the press, Gally. In the next... <laughs> in the next... Yeah! Movie. Hey, that wasn't in this. And we didn't notice, so it was okay. No, it wasn't, because it I was loved... perfectly no, okay. I loved J. Jonah Jameson, and he was snubbed in this film once again. <laughs> it's unacceptable. Yeah, well, they're never going to have... Well, they're never well going to have... Well, they're never going to have J. Jonah Jameson executed. back again, which unfortunately is a shame, because J.K. Simmons... Is J. Jonah Jameson, but now they've made him Commissioner Gordon, so. One of my minor nitpicks, it's a minor nitpick with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is the yo yoing of Iron Man and Pepper Potts. Oh, yeah. So we know in the next Iron Man movie or the next Avengers movie, Gwyneth Paltrow won't be available to film. <laughs> so they'll say, oh, yeah, we broke up. And then the next film, she's available. They'll just be back together. Well, like. they've, they've got nothing to do with them with with her. I mean, because they took away her superpowers. Yeah, they kind of did. On, what I don't understand is when Gwyneth Paltrow can't appear you in the, the movie. the superpowers that could have made her explode. I don't know why they need to write in, "Oh, we're weird and broken up." She could just not be in the movie. <clears throat> Yeah, she could not be in the movie. Yeah. Also, Scorpion is in the movie, but he doesn't really do much. Oh, let me talk about something. Um, is that Scorpion? Are you talking about the shocker? No, I'm references? talking about Michael Mando. Uh, who is Michael Oh, Ma oh, oh, is that the guy from Better Call Saul? Yes. Oh, and a Scorpion, so he's a villain? In yes, he's a Spider-Man villain who doesn't get to do anything in this movie. Uh, well, maybe in another movie. I don't, I don't know. I like that actor, though, so I'm glad this, that he actually has a thing. Let me talk about Shocker for a second. Okay. So I know that Shocker is a villain in the comics, and, I mean, the comics, his whole thing is just robbing banks. Mm -hmm. um, Shocking people. What I, I, this movie tr did Both a fake out to me uh, that I actually felt legitimately like, oh my god, for a moment, because what happens is, shock, like, and they mention him by name, cause, like, because part, a guy in the Vulture's crew, he calls himself the shocker 
And then, like, in that same scene, because Mike, because he's been dealing arms on his own, and Michael Keaton's like, "No, you're 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 off my crew. You you suck. Go away." And, and the guy's like, "No, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some things now." And then Toombs dissolves the guy and kills Mike. Holy shit! They killed Shocker before they made him a character. You bastards! But then, in that very moment, though, he then he turns to the other guy and he's like, "No, you're Shocker now." <laughs> How'd you feel about that? I mean, I, I liked the first guy's enthusiasm that died, but then I also, kind of, I really like Bokeem Woodbine as yeah. an actor, so I was excited to see him as Shocker, but I, I feel the lip deflated that he's just a secondary Shocker, that like he wasn't the prime Shocker who made the identity shocker. himself. Shocker uh, Prime just, like, has been killed. Yeah, but he's just like <laughs> some guy they handed the Shocker's gear off to instead of like him having yeah. like really ownership of the Shocker identity. Is, is he a good villain in the books i mean he's a fun villain because like Corey said he's not like a takeover the world villain he's a very blue collar yeah. villain who's just trying to get by well that's a lot and, of like, man yeah. villains it's just i rob banks yeah exactly like sandman i rob banks right uh, uh. <laughs> vulture i don't need to rob banks because i have money um but i like that little bit i i'm wondering I'm I'm curious where, what's going to happen though with these movies. This I know this doesn't have to necessarily do with the movie in and of itself. I know that you have this knowledge, Matt, that they're now planning a Venom movie. Which is that Sony that Marvel's not going to I thought have that to... they are involved, though. No, no. Well, I mean, so Amy Pascal says that Marvel will be involved, but it looks like a surprise to Kevin Feige, so I'm guessing not. Yeah, because Tom Hardy will be Venom, which... Is good casting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't... I, Especially since he played Bane. Yes. I had absolutely zero interest in Venom until you told me that Tom Hardy is going to be Venom. Oh. Now I might have to see that. Ladies? Yes. Ladies? That? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm curious, like... Because I, I, we know we're going to now have Tom Holland Spider-Man movies for a while. And I'm wondering, though, where they could take this universe. And I hope they take in good directions. I'm just... It, I just am a little wary if they try to do another thing with Green Goblin or that whole story arc because it feels like I, you can't really recreate what they did in the Raimi I mean, movies. It, with I that. feel like they could have done it if they hadn't given so much of Green Goblin's character to the Vulture. So that's why I feel mm. like it's kind of like a why did you do this? Because now you have nothing to save for later for like the really good villain who is the Arch Nemesis. It's kind of like you well, know. If now you, is Mysterio's chance. I yeah, actually Mysterio is gonna be in one of the Sony movies that doesn't have Tom Holland in it apparently. Huh? So you mean like the Venom movie? He might be. They said that in one, they're making two movies. They're making Venom and they're making the Silver Sable and Black Cat team up movie. So he might be in that one instead. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I have to wonder though, like after I mean this movie is probably gonna be very successful. We saw us in a packed theater today. I have to think they can't have these movies without Spider-Man making some kind of appearance in them. Yeah. Who's gonna go see like aside not present company excluded? Who's gonna go see like a Black Cat, Silver Sable movie? Nobody knows those characters. Nobody knew who the Gal Guardians of the Galaxy were too until that movie. Fair came enough. Out. Fair enough. Uh, um, right, let's let's, let's close up. this up. Let's uh, final thoughts. Uh, again, as I said, they they get Spider-Man and Peter Parker right. You've the the scenes that have to do with him being a teenager wrestling with the same conflicts that we have seen before they just do it really well because again tom holland can carry this guy extremely well we believe that he's always uh a, a teenager who can be picked on and also even though tom holland he's not an unattractive guy but he's not someone who you think like like cuz toby maguire and andrew garfield they're both very good-looking guys. You almost wonder, like, how are they getting picked on so much? Whereas Tom Holland, you can see that he'd be picked on. Oh, yeah, think, he looks like he looks vulnerable. But I don't think Tom Holland really is being picked on in this universe because this Peter Parker goes to a very science-oriented high school. Even Flash Thompson yeah, is on their science the Catholic team, so it doesn't, he doesn't feel like an outsider. It feels like, yeah, everybody, of course, is into STEM here. So what is what's the outsider? Well, maybe the idea is that he's even nerdier than the other nerds. Uh, that pretty much makes him the king. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I mean that he's an uncool nerd king. I guess that could be another nitpick you could say if they moved, because they moved it from Peter Parker being a, you know, a working class guy in like a public high school. Yeah. I don't care. But I don't okay. know. What do you think, Corey? I do agree that this movie really seemed to downplay Peter Parker's social exclusion. 
that Peter Parker doesn't seem unpopular or unloved or like a pariah in any way, but I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, go go see this movie. Plus, you know, all yeah, teenagers feel like outsiders, even if they're not. Yeah. Yeah. What about how like half of Aunt May's character was about how attractive she was to all men? <laughs> like, well, she's Marissa Tomei. Yeah, but it's so so weird because like they totally inverted that. Weird. How like you know how Aunt May is one of the rare roles for like a geriatric actress, and then they pick like Marissa Tomei, who is yeah, yeah. geriatric. <laughs> they they did kind of do that, didn't they? She, no, she, but she, it's like, still a good take. But she comes from like oh, a, she's just a good actress. Yeah, she's a good actress. But she comes from a character who's completely non-sexualized to a character oh. who is very specifically sexualized. In the one movie. last one last thought. Why is she? Says you. One last tiny thought. Why does he call her just May? I don't know. Yeah. Aunt May. Because eh, once after a while you get familiar with people. Because the script writers want to like ruin your illusions of their relationship. They wanted, yeah, they. they... It's all. It's he never says Aunt May, so they can hook up in the next film. And with that, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, no, we we all agree that this is a good movie. Uh, some of us might be more on it than others. Um, <laughs> Well, anyway, speaking of which, Matt, tell people where you can be found. Oh, you can read my blog thingy at mattvcatania.wordpress.com, and they're going to put a link in the doobly-doo below so that you don't have to worry about how to spell that. Yes, and also, likewise, when you go to Matt's blog, he'll likely write a review of this movie in much more depth and include uh, the link to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on SoundCloud, uh iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, wagescinema at gmail.com. And uh, when we come back next time, we'll have more movie talk. Good night. As we always do. So, Wage of Cinema, I'm Jack. Andrew. I'm Remember? Matt. Corey. Thank you. And the, and uh, over here's Stan Lee. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Stan. Remember, the wages of cinema is death. <laughs> Excelsior! Old, old prospector standing there. <laughs> good Have a good night. My friends are up there! Hey, where are you going? What are you hiding, Peter? Yeah, I'm just kidding, I don't care. Bye.